Can we just say thank you to the choir for all the music that they bring us each week? They do such a good job, and they uh, ramp it up quite a bit during the uh, month of December with a lot of extra music. And, uh, you know, the concert we had uh, last Sunday afternoon, I think, was one of the finest concerts we've ever had as a church, and it was just a wonderful experience. It's good to be with you this morning. I, I feel like it's so warm this morning when I walked outside the door. I felt like maybe I should be saying Happy Easter rather than Merry Christmas. It just didn't seem like the right holiday. Uh, well, this is our final morning in this Advent season to talk about our theme, which has been on looking at Jesus as a king and the kingdom bringer. We've talked about how Jesus' main purpose in coming to earth was not just to tell us you know, the minimum requirements for getting into heaven, but to announce that the kingdom of God is breaking in all around us, to bring God's kingdom right to us, to announce that the kingdom is here and we can live in it if we really want to, and that God desires to extend this kingdom reality through those who follow Jesus to the very ends of the earth. And so this morning we're going to talk just a little bit about what does it mean to be a citizen of this new kingdom. And our scripture reading is from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 10 through 14, where the Apostle Paul describes a little bit of what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. Let's read God's word. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, would you come on us again during this time of worship? Help us to understand your word and the living word, Jesus Christ. May you show us just a little glimpse of what it might mean for us to truly live as citizens of the kingdom, the struggles that that might involve, and also the great joys. We thank you now in Christ's name. Amen. You know, literature is filled with novels and stories about kings and royalty. Like Mark Twain's famous satire, A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. The novel tells a tale about a man named Hank Morgan, a 19th century citizen of Hartford, Connecticut, who awakens to find himself mysteriously transported back in time to medieval England when the legendary King Arthur ruled. And it's really one of the very first time travel novels ever written. It's kind of the beginning of the science fiction genre. Um, there's a part of the story where King Arthur dresses up in a peasant's clothes and goes out of the castle to visit his subjects. The king lays aside his royal robes and his privileges in order to identify with those who live outside to see what it's like to live like the common people. And King Arthur is really transformed by the experience and the people begin to understand that he does care for them because he broke out of the walls of his castle. Now, many preachers have used that story to illustrate an important part of the truth of Christmas about God coming to our world, 
the mystery of the incarnation, of, of Jesus leaving the, the privileges and the, the splendor of heaven, uh, the protections that he enjoyed there, and emptying himself, as Paul talks about in Philippians 1, emptying himself of that so he could fully experience becoming human and he could identify with us. Many people like to focus in on that aspect of the Christmas story, but there's an opposite side of the story that we need to understand also because King Jesus not only stepped outside his heavenly castle in order to come to us and to experience our life here, but his purpose in doing so was in a sense to lead us back into his kingdom so that we might experience the delights of life as a king. In other words, it was not so much to experience our life that Jesus came, but in order that we might experience his life. You see, King Arthur never invited all the peasants back into the castle for a party. He never said, come on back into the castle and I'm going to distribute all my wealth to you. Whatever I have is yours. You can have anything that belongs to me. There's no longer going to be this division between the castle and the people outside. You can come and all be my sons and my daughters and share fully in everything that I have in my castle. He never did that. As much as he could identify with people, he never went that far. It's important for Jesus to come into our world, but his reason for doing so was that so that we might be able to join him in his world. You see, it's one thing to have a God who is willing to come and share in our struggles and our suffering. It's quite another to have a God who is able to deliver us from evil and set us free from sin. It's one thing to have a God who is willing to take on our identity. It's quite another to have a God who's willing for us to take on his identity. It's one thing to have a God who is willing to come to the squalor and poverty of the world and quite another to have a God who invites us to step into his glory, the glory of his world, and then to do something about the squalor of the world we see around us. And so we are invited to become citizens of his kingdom. We are invited, in a sense, to love the things Jesus loved. We are invited to respond to people the way Jesus responded to people. To think about life, to think about love, to think about relationships and happiness and security and money and all those other things of life, to to look at all of that from His point of view. To build relationships the way Jesus did. To live out what we just prayed in the Lord's Prayer that thy kingdom would come, that thy will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that means beginning with me, beginning with you. We begin to live out God's kingdom as citizens of his heavenly home. What does it mean to really live out that prayer as citizens of the kingdom? We're going to watch a short video now and maybe get some ideas about what that might mean. The one who is least in the kingdom is greatest. Your kingdom come, your will be done. From a band of Jewish disciples, Jesus' teaching on God's kingdom have reached generations and nations. Whenever and wherever kingdom citizens acknowledge God's sovereign rule, the kingdom of God is proclaimed, present, and advanced. We echo God's purpose every time we pray, Thy kingdom come.
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you realize how radical that prayer is? That prayer expresses your discontent with the status quo. Noble woman Perpetua was martyred during Roman persecution. She was 22, a new mother, a new Christian. Her father begged her repeatedly to renounce her faith, to escape imprisonment and execution by wild beasts. In this patriarchal society, her disobedience would bring dishonor to her family. My father continually strove to hurt my faith because of his love. Father, do you see this water pot? Can it be called by any other name than what it is? No, he replied. So also, I cannot call myself by any other name than what I am, a Christian. Adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua. When Governor Ambrose was elected Archbishop of Milan, he parted with all of his fortune and distributed it to the poor. He took the cathedral's communion vessels and converted them into money to redeem Illyrian captives. Is it better to preserve our gold or the souls of men? Has the church no higher mission to fulfill than to guard the ornaments made by men's hands while the faithful are suffering in exile? Adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua. In 18th century Korea, the first Christian teachings arrived not through foreigners, but by her own scholars returning from China. Converts face imprisonment, beatings, and execution. But the young Korean church continues to grow. Andrew Kin, secretly educated in Macau, returns to Korea to become its first native-born priest. A year later, he is executed. No matter how fiercely the power of this world oppress and oppose the church, they will never bring it down. Ever since his ascension and from the time of the apostle to the present, the Lord Jesus has made his church grow, even in the midst of tribulation. The beloved Hawaiian queen, Liliuo Kalani, fought to save her nation from the United States annexation. Three native priestesses proposed sacrificing themselves in a religious ritual to save their land, but the queen refused their brave offer. Imprisoned in her palace by a U.S.-backed party, she held on to her faith despite perceptions that Christ was the God of the oppressors. I live imprisoned in sorrow. You are my light, your glory, my support. Behold not with malevolence the sins of humankind, but forgive and cleanse. And so, O Lord, beneath your wings protect us, and let peace be our portion now and forevermore. E hiki mai ko alpuni, e malamaiya ko makemake. University students Hans and Sophie Scholl lived in Hitler-controlled Germany. As members of the White Rose Resistance Movement, they were caught distributing anti-Nazi leaflets on their campus. In a matter of hours, they were tried, found guilty, and beheaded. Many people believe that our age is the last. All the omens are terrible enough to make one think so, but isn't that belief of secondary importance? Mustn't we all, no matter what age we live in, be permanently prepared for God to call us to account from one moment to the next? How am I to know if I shall still be alive tomorrow? Dein Reich komme, dein Wille geschehe. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. The kingdom of God is within you. His kingdom will never end. And I confer on you a kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Every generation has had to struggle with what it means to be a citizen 
of the kingdom. This is our time. This is our time to figure out in what way do we intersect with the world around us? In what way are we at dissonance with the world around us? The woman who was preaching at the beginning of that video clip, Dr. Roberta Hestinus, was my doctoral supervisor, and she's now working for World Vision as the uh, uh, pastor to all of their missionaries. She said, do you understand how radical that prayer is? It expresses your discontent with the way of the world. Citizens of the kingdom are always going to feel a little out of sync with the way of the world because we belong to God. Our first loyalty is to Him. We will live in a world that He loves, but a world that is often in opposition to His kingdom. The Apostle Paul said that Christ has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. We have been rescued from one kingdom and brought into another. We live in this world, but we are not of this world if we're truly following Jesus. We seek to live a different kind of life, a different quality of life that reflects the very character of Jesus. And so, in a sense, we will never truly feel at home. You know, for many of us, we have never really experienced dissonance with our culture because of our faith. But I believe as we see hostility kind of rising towards religion in our nation, as I see hostility even around Christmas and displays and lights and all the debates that are arranged, I can't help but think that it's going to become more difficult in the future to truly live for Jesus Christ. And are you going to be ready for that? The church in general hasn't done a very good job in challenging people to live a kingdom life. Eugene Peterson says it this way, Everyone treats us so nicely, no one seems to think that we mean what we say. When we say the kingdom of God, no one gets apprehensive, as if we just had announced that a powerful army is poised on the border ready to invade. When we say radical things like Christ and love and believe and peace and sin, words that in other times and other cultures excited martyrdoms, the sounds enter the stream of conversation with no more splash than the baseball scores or the grocery prices. What do we really mean when we say Jesus has come? What do we mean when we say the kingdom of God has come? The kingdom of God, Jesus' birth, was the beginning of a radical intrusion by God into the hopelessness of this world. And Christ's hope is grounded on the fact that the kingdom is not just coming sometime in the distant future but is suddenly and unexpectedly here. The kingdom of God is not breaking into the world. The kingdom is already here. And Christmas is not just a story of a king who was born. It's a story of the king who came, ushered in a new kingdom, made us his children, called us his heirs, invited us to live and to reign with him in his kingdom. And the day will come when that kingdom will be fully realized here on earth. But already this kingdom is here. It is both now and not yet. It has begun and one day the full reality will overcome the world. The bigness and the responsibility of all this in a way frightens us, I think. But it gives us hope for the day when the kingdom of God will be fully present. Jesus is the beginning of something new. It is the birth of hope because Christmas is the breaking in of the kingdom of God upon the world. And when a king was born, a kingdom was set in place. And so we have good reason to be people of hope. Citizens of a new kingdom where there is hope, 
once we recognize and accept by faith Christ's reign over the present world. There's an adventure in being a citizen of the kingdom. A couple of weeks ago, we had a special service uh, on World AIDS Day, and we showed a unique uh, video interview with Bono, the lead singer for the rock group U2. And he very eloquently and articulately uh, expressed his own faith in Jesus Christ and what that's meant to him over the years and how God had called him to make a difference not just through his music but to use his, his fame uh, sort of as currency to make a difference, particularly in the AIDS pandemic in Africa. And he said something in that interview that really struck with me that I think defines for us what we need to do as citizens of the kingdom. He said, stop asking God to bless what you are doing. Find out what God is doing, for it is already blessed, and link up with that. Friends, we are called to be citizens of his kingdom. May your Christmas celebration this year remind you that Jesus came all the way here so that you could come all the way there with him and be his citizen and a follower and express his love in this world to everyone you meet. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of your beloved Son. We thank you, Lord, that we can live a different way. And that way may involve more conflict. It may involve tension. It may involve disagreeing with others around us. Lord, it's not always just a a life of peace and ease. But it's a life of being truly connected to the living God. And so we pray, Lord, that we would be worthy of the calling to be citizens of your kingdom this day and forever. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.